This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, thank you, Rabbi Lanyado. I'm going to present a question that is relevant to everyone coming up in a few days. We're going to be reading Megillat Esed. We're going to be reading about Shushan, the city of Shushan. And there are there are relevant questions nowadays if somebody is going to visit you never know now people go to Abu, Abu Dhabi people want to make some type of Purim program in Shushan it might be very popular also they want to sell they want to celebrate Purim over here you don't want to then fly there to do Tedvav in Shushan it's a good idea we're going to see today that what people thought was Shushan is not really the case People, a lot of people, thought always that the city of Hamedan over here is the city of Shushan. Who thought that way? So in the recently published Sefer, Piskei Chacham David Sason Rabban, the first of its kind really, there's never, according to what we know, a published Sefer of Shelo of Piskei Batidinim or Shelo Tuchuvot that comes from, from Iran. And it's a whole story how we were able to um, to find this manuscript, Sharam Zamanzadeh's grandfather, his mother kept these manuscripts, and uh, and we were able to put it out with Talmidei Chachamim that worked on it and 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 worked on the different minagim and the different uh, and the different details. And in this sefer, you'll see that Chacham David Sasson Rabban, who lit, who is the Av Beddin of Hamdan, Hamdan, as well as as well as 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 as, he, as Avishai mentioned. Chacham Menachem Alevi, who were all from Hamidan, they took care of the Kever, especially of David Sassad Rabban, of Mordechai the Esther, which is located there. And they referred to Hamidan as Shushan. They referred to Hamidan as Shushan, which is probably one of the reasons that Hagon of Ovadia Yosef and Chazon Ovadia uh, Purim Davkuf Yud mentions Hamidan as Shushan. But in the new Orlitzion of Rav Vincent of Bashaul, Chelek he already writes that it's a suffix. He already writes that it's a suffix whether Shushan is Hamadan or not. And therefore, the Bitsin of Shaul, he, he questions whether, whether it should be read or not. So, so Hamadan is a city over here. So the question is, is that the Megillah tells us that Shushan we read on Yom Tedvav. Because and the Gemara in Masechet Megillah says the criteria of reading on Tedvav is any walled city should be reading on Yom Tedvav. What's a walled city from the time of Yeshua Binun? Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is the only place right now in the world that people only read on Tedvav. They don't read on Yudalid and Tedvav. Only read on Tedvav. When I lived in Yerushalayim, I only celebrated Purim on Tedvav. There are no Jews in Shushan now. We'll see. Hamedan. Those who lived in Hamadan will tell you that they celebrate Purim on Yud Dalid and Tedvav. They don't celebrate it only on Tedvav. So let's understand what would be some of the proofs. And some of them are very interesting. I'm going to go through them uh, quickly. A lot of the information you could see in the Sefer of Piskecha Hamdavit Sassodaraban. There is a very important uh, uh, um, um, Perek written by 
Rav Avram Yitzchak Yan Shlita, who lives in Sanhedrin. He's actually born and raised over here, Tamit Chacham, wonderful Tamit Chacham. And he wrote the following, Shushana Bira Ayeh Mekom Kevodah. So I'm going to quote from this, and I'm also going to quote from a very important letter that our very own Chacham Netan Eli, who lives not far away, wrote as well why he thinks Mordechai and Esther are buried in Hamedan and not in Shushan. And it's in, written in a Mikhtav, in Aska, Mikhtav Askama that he wrote to the Sefer. So that's where this information is coming from. We'll also quote from the historian who was just here in LA recently, Arab Yehuda Landi. So let's start with the following. It's written that Hamedan is from Medinot Madai. Like it's written in Daniel, Perekhet, Odbet, Ani Beshushan Ibira, Asher Beilam Hamedina. It was written in, in Ilam. Also, Hamedan is written, Arimadai Zu Hamedan Bechavrotea. So, it seems to be that Hamedan, also Rabbi Yamin, who was a, a historian who went from place to place, also called Hamedan in Madai. Okay, so we know that Hamedan is, is Madai. Whereas Shushan is not in Madai. Shushan is in Ilam, it's in a different district. So that's one thing already that, that you know you should raise some eyebrows. Number two is Rav Binyamin the historian who went around says clearly that he saw destructions of Shushan Habira, which was a place where Daniel Daniel was buried in Shushan. Now today Daniel is not buried what happened to this? Daniel is not buried in Hamadan, he's actually buried in the city of Shush. Now listen closely. It's written in the Megillah Tester. Perek Dalet. Pasuk. Pasuk. Yud. Yud Bet. Esther Hamalka was concerned. Do we have a Megillah over here? Here, please be past the Ishbat Sliyat. Thank you. Esther Amalka was concerned whether whether the Jewish people should fast. So it's written the following. She tells Hatah. Who was Hatah? According to the one opinion, Hatah was Daniel. So she says, listen Mordechai, if I go to the king and I'm not called, I could die. So they told Mordechai the words of Esther. What did they tell Mordechai? What did they tell Mordechai? And who told them? Doesn't say it was Hatach. Says the Targum Esther. What happened? Kadchaza Haman Rasha Yatatach Deshme Daniel. When Haman saw Hatach, who was Daniel, Napak Napak Levat Esther Vitak, and he saw Hatach going back and forth from Esther. Takif Rokzebek Tale. He got upset and Haman Harasha murdered Daniel Hanavi. He murdered him. 
Who killed him? Haman. Where did he kill him? In Shushan Abira. Where is Daniel buried? In Shushan. In Shush, he's not buried in Hamadan. It doesn't say anything about where Mordechai and Esther were killed. Correct? We're, I'm sorry, where Niftar. It could be that, you know, Mordechai afterwards went to Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he went and he came back. It, it could be he went all over. And one of the places that he, he went, understood. it could be. He went to Haman, he went to Hamidan as well. So we don't know where Mordechai and Esther were. That that they're buried in Hamidan is not necessarily a proof that that's Shushan. We see that Daniel definitely was killed in Shushan because that's where Haman was at the time. And if he was killed, that's where he, that, that's where he was buried. Furthermore, there's archaeological evidence nowadays that they actually found that there's, there's, there's a rock over there in next to Shush that's written from Daryosha Melech that built the palace in Shusha, which is called Shushan in the language of the Goyim. So you, you have that name even. So there are there are no proofs that Hamidan is Shushan. The fact that Mordechai and Esther are buried there, as we mentioned, doesn't seem to be a very strong proof at all. You have, Morde- you have Daniel that's buried there. You have the city of Shush. You have archaeological evidence that that's where it was. You see that Shushan is in a different district than 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 Madai and Hamidan is in Madai. So all of this leads to the same point that Hamidan cannot be considered Shushan. So Khamilio Netaneli brings a beautiful point that he writes, why is it this way that people thought that Hamidan is in Shushan? He himself says he's from the city of Hamidan and they they didn't celebrate uh, Purim on Yom Tedvah. They celebrate Yudalit and on Tedvah Nechumrah. But why did people think that Yushan is that way? So here you're going to appreciate a little bit of a vacation housing. He says that there are three, there are, there are three different cities where there was palaces, of, three different cities where there were palaces of Mordechai and Esther. One city was, one city was Hamidan. Now, Hamidan's climate is in the mountains I was born and raised there. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but that's what he writes. That it was in, in the in the winter, it's very cold. And in the summer, it's not hot and muggy. It's in the mountains. It's like the Catskills. It's very nice weather. It's not. It's like Big Bear in the summer. It's not boiling hot. That's number one. Then you have Shushan, which is found that in the, in the summer, it's very hot. In the winter, it's very nice. And then you have another place, which is called Paraspolis, which there was a beautiful uh, palace of Mordechai and Esther there. And it's next to the city of Shiraz. Over there, it has very pleasant, uh, pleasant temperature during the spring and the fall. So Rav Netanyahu suggests it's like this. That it's very possible, that it's very possible that in the summer... Mordechai and Esther were in Hamidan. In the winter, they were in Shush, because that's where the, the, the temperature is, is too cold in Hamidan. So they were in Shush, where it's much better weather. And in the spring and in the and in the and in the fall, they would be in Perasopolis, uh, Persepolis. Persepolis, where it was much nicer weather during that time. And there's three different houses in three different Armonot. 
the king of Morocco has a few palaces all over. So they also had as well. So it could very well be they were in their they were in their palace in Hamidan, and that where, when they were niftar, and that's where they were buried. That's what Rav Nitanayli Shlita suggests. It's fascinating. After the it could be that's also what happened. It could, yeah, it could be that that's what happened as well. Okay, we won't know, but definitely the proofs that we know based on based on the different proofs that I mentioned seems to be that lehalacha Shushan should be celebrating on Yom Tedvah. Now, there's a fascinating question. I don't know how much time I have over here. There's a fascinating question lehalacha. Of, of a, 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 would Shushan really celebrate on Yom Tedvav nowadays? Why? Because there's nobody, there's no Jews living in Shushan nowadays. There's no Jews living in Shushan. So let me give you a very, very relevant example, which is the city of Ramad Bet Shemesh. When should they be celebrating Purim? When should the city of Ramad Bet Shemesh be celebrating Purim? So let me tell you that Ramad Bet Shemesh itself, it wasn't walled, it wasn't a yeshuv at all. But, there's archaeological evidence that there was a city built right next to Ramad Bet Shemesh Dalid, which was just built. There's Ramad Bet Shemesh Aleph, Ramad Bet Shemesh Bet, Ramad Bet Shemesh Gibel, Ramad Bet Shemesh Dalid, that was just built. And that's right next to a place where they know it was walled in the time of Yoshua Binun. Which would mean that recent developments, there are Talmidei Chachamim that contend that Ramad Bet Shemesh should be celebrating Purim on Yom Tedvav, which is very relevant. But what do you do? Let's say you don't have people living in that city right now, or Jewish people living in that city right now, or people at all living in that city. What's the halacha? So there's a few halacha in Siman Tafnesh Pechet, Sivkatan, Sivkatan Bet, Dibur Amatchil, Osmuchin, he says like this. What happens if you have a city that's active and it's next to a walled city that now is destroyed? It's Shamem. It doesn't count, they should be called in Yudalit. So according to the Biura Lacha, Ramad Beit Shemesh should be reading on the 14th day of, of, of Purim. But the Chazonish... Oh, Shush is not devoid of, of citizens, it's devoid of Jews. Oh, wait, so sorry, wait. But the Chazonish argues on this Bir Alacha. He brings proofs from Rishonim that it could be that Bir Alacha didn't see. That, that even if something is destroyed, you would still read on Tedvav. What would be the other example? Says the Mishtaburan, he brings in the name of the Birka Yosef. Krach shel Akum. What about if you have a walled city that non-Jews live there? There's no Jews there at all. Yisrael So a Jew that's coming into the city should read on Tedvav or not. So the Birke Yosef says that in that case, that if a Jew is going to go to that Krach, he would be able to read. So let's let's think about it. Ramad Beit Shemesh. There's nobody living in that in that destroyed city. So it's a machloket. Mishtabura and Chazonish and a lot of poskim. There's a lot of movement nowadays in Ramad Bet Shemesh. This year, people are putting out a lot of poskim that say 
that they should be reading on Yom Tedvav. Of course, they're also going to read Yud Dalit because they're supposed to keep that way, but they should be celebrating book. It's a big question, and it hasn't been decided fully yet. There's 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 the heart There's a lot of different poskim. It's not a simple question at all. And I don't. Want, I just want to bring up the point. But Shushan, right now, if people would live in Shushan, because Avishai tells me he wants to make some type of Purim program there, right? Absolutely. In the city of Shush. Very cheap tickets. You could go in one way, Can't don't know out. if you go out. out. Now, in, in, in the city of Shush, there are no Jews living there. There are no Jews living there. But the Mishnah brings in Nebrek Yosef Baranachida that as long as there is an area that you could go in there and you could potentially celebrate Purim there, so even the the, the, the cities that are next, because the old Shush, there is not nobody's living so much there anymore, but around there there is. So as long as somebody could potentially go in there, that would be okay. And what comes out, furthermore, is that is that is that Shushan has another advantage. Or Yisrakim points this out. It could be that Yerushalayim, you have to have all of the characteristics of Karach v'Samuchla. But Shushan is a makom shina'asebones. It was a place where the miracle was made. No matter what, you would you would have to you would have to celebrate on Yom Tevav, and that that's what it seems to be. Yeah, because the Gemara says that's where the miracle happened. Whether it's Shamem, whether it's not Shamem, even the Biur Alacha would agree that you would count on Yom Tevav. That's what would come out. That's what would come out of point there. So it's a fascinating discussion, and I just want to wrap this up. Whether really we whether whether nowadays somebody is found in the city because there are there there are a few Jews in Hamadan, not Shushan. They would have to read on Yudalit and Tedvani Safek because it could be that city was walled. It was a very old city and that city was walled so there's a Safek. But not because it's Shushan. Shushan is only on Tedvav, not Yudalit. The only other place in the world besides Yerushalayim. Shushan and Yerushalayim that you would have to read on Tedvav and not on Yudalit. That's the only places in the world. Really? And that's fascinating. We know Daniel Atzadik and Daniel Nabi was buried there because he was murdered there by Haman Rasha. So that's a, that's another fascinating thing. So I just wanted to end off with Chazaku uh, Baruch on on Avishai, who really presented this beautiful material that you have. It's it's really a, a groundbreaking work. I'm, I, I tell you, this publishing house of Machon Maginavot usually focuses on Chachamim manuscripts from Morocco, and that that that, that were that were uh, that never had the zikhut to be published. But when this came to opportunity came to our hands, we said there isn't another work like this. It's so unique. We must jump on the mitzvah, and uh, a lot of people, including Abishai at the head of it, a lot of other people were instrumental in this project. Ariel Zohar, who, who prays over here, you have Sharam Zamanjit, who lives in Westwood. Everyone came together and really was able to put together the first of its kind. And Baruch Hashem, the community is uh, is really enjoying the sifat all over. There's a, a very good English introduction. So those of you, and there's an important, I just wanted to point out that there's an important kuntras, there's an important addition to the sefer written by Rabbi Yitzchakian that goes through all the minhagim of paras that are relevant nowadays. What, what was the minhag paras and how, and the, and the sources to it and, and, and which minhagim. It's not many of them, but the minhagim that they know of, these are Talmidei Chachamim that followed it. So you could, you could see that if you want to get the book, it's in the back over there. And, uh, and, and if you need more information, you can speak to Avishai or Balenyaro or myself, Chazaku Baruch, Chazaku Baruch, Balenyaro. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.